Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me another episode of The Drive, Las Vegas edition. Today, I have a very special guest with me. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous. There's Don Brady in the house. Don, what's up, brother? How you doing? What's up, sir? Good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. We're going to have some fun, man. We are. Hey, uh, Don, I like to start off these podcasts with origin stories, because I'm always super curious to find out how people got started in the industry. So what is the Don Brady origin story of how you got started in the automotive industry? Well, I uh, actually was in the U.S. Army for 10 years, and mm -hmm. I decided to um, ETS and make a career change, and I was in the law enforcement world for a short time, and you, with those, you get on a very long list. So I ended up applying at a car dealership as a salesperson, and... 22 years later, I was a general manager in the car industry, <laughs> loving every second of it, but also just, took, takes a lot of your life away a little bit. Um, it just sucked you in, huh? Yep. And I loved it. I mean, I, I loved mentoring. I loved the closing of the deals. I loved the customers and the, and obviously the, the salespeople. Mm -hmm. um, but I decided to make a change and, and kind of go off on my own. And I ended up in the a, a kind of a similar industry, and that is the transportation industry. So I'm still in the car business, but I'm not in the car business. Well, you're the backbone of the car business. Yes, sir. Like, dude, we can't sell them unless you move them. That's correct. You know, which I actually think, I gotta be honest with you, like, I talk a lot of different topics, right? And this is just one topic I don't get to talk about often. But okay. really, when you really think about it, like, it is, it's an important topic. Like, I can't sell them unless you move them. Like, right. it's kind of a big deal. Yep, yep. <laughs> So how long have you been doing the transportation thing? So I'm, I'm just under two years. So I, I started in, in March of 2020, right at the start of the pandemic in the U.S., mm -hmm. and um, which is probably not the best timing, but in a way <laughs> it was the best timing. Sure. I was able to help dealers move anywhere from one vehicle to truckloads of vehicles, and I can, I can move them anywhere from or anywhere to anywhere in the U.S. Mm -hmm. so. Well, when it comes to like, in, like moving inventory, I mean, it couldn't be more important now ever just because the inventory shortage so you did kind of get into a good time right yeah and i think that there are some definite strategies behind you know moving inventory and having a shortage because like look if you can't get it either you send them a thousand miles away to get it or you bring it in you know what are some of the best practices you've seen out there people doing right now well you know and it, you, everybody's talking about inventory i've got, yeah. I've got dealers though that are they're cherry picking uh, used pre-owned pre-owned vehicles from across the nation and bringing it right to their dealership. And then, you know, the whole competition with Carvana and Vroom, everybody, that's always seems to be a buzzword in the industry. Mm -hmm. Well, I, and I tell car dealers all the time, you can actually, it's not even about competing with Carvana, but uh, you can actually ship cars from the dealership to the customer's driveway white glove service anywhere and I can do open or enclosed so I can literally help them and, and, and I am helping them all over the country. That is cool. That is cool. And you know, that really just kind of enhances that, that customer experience too. It does. You know, I think, I think when people think of uh, vehicle shipping, they don't think as it being a part of a customer experience, but with the lack of inventory going on, we are shipping on a very regular basis. We are shipping cars all across the country. You know, so like kind of lay it out for me a little bit. Like, what is that experience like when 
you know, when you roll up and customers picking up their, their new car. Well, and that's kind of what I, I, I also tell dealers. Because I was in the business for 22 years, I know all about customer satisfaction yeah. scores. Um, and not every transportation company has an actual car guy that truly knows what that means. Mm -hmm. But literally, like we, we pick up the vehicle, we take it right to their door, um, and, and offload it right in, right in front of the customer. So they, you know, they get to, a lot of the paperwork is done over the internet or over fax or, and then- Do you handle some of that? Like if you're in a state that requires like a wet signature, can we, you guys handle we, that? We actually have all that, we can handle all that's that cool. too. Yeah. Well, that's, dude, that, that's, a, that's a big deal. I mean, I, come on, I think about it, like if I order a vehicle and it comes directly to me and it's just like, you know, the people I work with, to do be able to execute on a strategy like that, it's a pretty big. That's it, a big deal, and and it's cool that you're able to help dealerships execute on that strategy, right? Yes. Because I think everybody wants to do it. Yeah. But the logistics of being putting in a strategy, I don't even know. I don't even know where the hell I'd even start. Well, and, and obviously, digital retailing is another thing you keep hearing. You know, yep. e-commerce and digital retailing. Um, I actually can help with the with. I feel like the most important part because I'm in the transportation world. But we actually offer car dealers our our um, technology at no cost to them. So I can literally put a shipping button on every vehicle on their website. So if a customer is shopping from out of state, they can literally look at the car, they can get an instant shipping quote by pushing mm -hmm. a button and it gives them choices just like Amazon. You want it picked up in seven days, you want it picked up in two days, I can do it. I, we actually have a button they can push for that. So that's cool. So you help the dealerships put a button on there so yep. it just says like ship it to me. Yes. And you're able to collect the information. Yep that you need so you can obviously put the quote together yes right yes shipping a car 100 miles is a lot different shipping a car thousand miles yep you I know mean. that is that that is super cool i love digital retailing um but i think what dealers have to understand is that digital retailing is a it, it, it's more of a process than it is a marketing tool correct and i hate to say it but i think it's an industry we're focusing too much on the lead generation side of it when that's not really what it is it's it's you 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 have a process and the technology supports that process. Right. You know. And, and I guess my thinking with that is not every customer wants to buy a car that way. No. So, I, and so you don't want to cater your whole process to that, but it is a reality that the website is, in most cases, your showroom now. So you can't lose sight of that, but at the same time, there's still going to be a large percentage of people that still are okay with coming into your showroom, sitting down with a salesperson, going through a needs assessment, going out and test driving a car, finding the one they want, and yep. going through the whole process. That's still gonna happen. Well, some are gonna still gonna want it. I mean, I think yeah. about like when I bought my first car, it was like a six hour purchase, but I wanted it to be Correct. like that because I wanted, it was you know, it was a big deal. Yes, you know? it is. And it's the, you know still the second biggest purchase that we make, you know, and, and you, the only difference is you make it a lot more than you do a house in most cases. You, yes. You buy a lot of vehicles. Um, so, but my point is, and I've been to some dealers in the country that I've, you know, I walk in and they'll say, nope, we don't sell to anybody out of state. Um, and that's okay. I mean, if that's, if that's the philosophy of your store, that's okay. But the reality is I, it's real hard for me when I was a GM to hear or even to even think about saying to a customer, no, thanks. We don't want your business because you're yeah. out of state. So, yeah. um, or, and, and I think another thing that's not a good thing to say is if you want to do that, that's fine, but you're on your own for transportation. You know, we, what, we offer a solution for that. One of my, uh, one of my first big jobs in the business, I was the internet director for a GM group, right? And uh, back then that was kind of like, it was a very loosely, loose used term 
for what my job was. It was pretty much anything to do with these internet people, which also included the BDC for some reason as well. So I kind of looked over all of it. And, nice. And you know what? When we started doing this, there were no guidebooks or rule books. So, you know, I remember talking to, you know, the owners at the time and saying, hey, look, I'm going to do this Google AdWords thing. And I'm going to start marketing, you know, the deals that we have, like, all across the country. And we're going to start shipping these cars. And they looked at me and go, yeah, sweet, <laughs> you know. And yeah. you, but, but back then, there weren't PMAs, you know. Right. And Google was still very early on in, in its ad product. And, I mean, I could run I – mean, I was running ads for using the keyword just Corvette for the entire western part of the United States for, like, 17, 18, 19 cents a click. Yep. You know? Yep. And it, it got so crazy that, you know, our BDC, like, we had two F9 managers that worked in our BDC. All right. We did have a, a delivery specialist, which pretty much is dealt with the shipping companies all the time. Yep. And we were, I mean, this was mid-2000s, you know, and we were drop shipping Corvettes to Dubai, sending Dooleys to Alaska, sending, like... It was just the wild, wild west. Jim didn't care back then. You, <laughs> you were longer punching numbers. They didn't care where you were selling these things to, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and uh, just the logistics side alone is like, like I do remember having to find several different partners uh, because it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I remember we shipped we shipped this yellow special edition Corvette. You know, it was like it was very, very rare, very special. I don't know. I don't really care about Corvettes. <laughs> yeah. And we shipped it to this guy in Montana. And we used this company, and it was just, it was a total disaster. A total disaster, right? Yeah. And the funny thing is, it wasn't necessarily the shipping company that got blamed for it. it was, of course, us as the dealer, because that's the company that we hired. Like, it's it's a big deal to find a company that you can actually, you know, trust and rely on. Right. Well, that's what I love. My company, Ship Your Car Now, they've been doing POVs for about 12 years. So they were yeah. really, really good in the space of moving grandma's vehicle, from Michigan down to Florida and, and really all over the U.S. So, and, and, out, and out of the U.S. I, right now I'm in the process of moving a car from Canada to Florida. So, I mean, I literally can move anywhere in the world, not just the country. But because they got so good at that, um, moving them single units, um, when the pandemic hit, they it, it just really kind of, it, it brought the conversation to the forefront. So, mm -hmm. you know, now all of a sudden dealers, okay, we have customers that want to buy these vehicles. And then as the inventory thinned out, you mentioned that specialty Corvette being moved. Now, literally, people are buying a Camry from across the United States and yes. bringing it to their house because that's how short of supply there is out there. So, um, you know, again, I, I, I love what I'm doing and I love helping car dealers. Um, they, uh, and I think they're finding that they know that I'm there for them. I'm on their side. Well, it's because you have an operational understanding. Right. Of what they're going through, right? Yes. And that that makes a that makes a world of difference. Um, I, I'm curious. You know, you've been in the business for a while. You've seen how the industry is kind of ebb and flow and kind of back and forth. And I just kind of like to get your just kind of overall general take on the last 20 months. <laughs> well, <laughs> besides the fact that we as humans have went through a pretty tough period here, yeah. Um, in the car industry, we're a very very, very, very resilient people. I, mean, yeah. I, I love car guys. I love car gals. We are, I think, the most resilient people out there. So we, we basically rolled with the punches. I mean, and, and in the midst of all that, we've got the chip shortage. In the midst of all that, we've got inventory, you know. Um, 
there's a lot of car dealers that are making a lot of money right now because the the, the shopping it's it's being harder now to sharp shop for a car you know that's the car we have that's yeah. our price um and sometimes that can hurt you and make you weak when oh, that happens for sure. because it's not always going to be this way i mean there's discussion about is it going to is it going to clear up this year or is it next year or the year after regardless of when it's going to all come back to normal you know for lack of a better word yep. we still have to be prepared for the next step and I think we've seen, and Carvana, if anything Carvana and Vroom have done, is they have proven that there are people out there that will buy a vehicle sight unseen, and they will have it dropped off at their home or work. Yes. It's And and, and I don't want to, as a, as a car dealer, I would never want to say, nope, <laughs> I don't want to sell to those people. I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be able to sell to all of them and be prepared. So you still got to, you know, hone the skills of the sales team on the floor when the people walk through the front door and you got to hone the skills of the people on the internet team. Like, like you mentioned. 100%. So. What is your kind of overall just thought and opinion on Carvana and Broom? Well, okay. I mean, I know there's I, no wrong or right. I'm just curious. Okay. So Carvana, I, I, I'm okay with Carvana. I'm okay with both of them. I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a business strategy, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, my personal opinion about Vroom is I really don't like their commercials. I don't like that they're bashing the livelihood of in in, in the in an industry that I love. Like, is there bad car salespeople out there? Have there been in the past? Sure, possibly, and and most likely the. But not all of them are that way. So when they when they when they broadcast that on a commercial during the Super Bowl, I was a little frustrated with with Vroom, and that and that's my only take on Vroom. But Carvana's you know, and then the funny thing is. They're always hiring, and you know who they're hiring? Hmm. Our people of from course. our industry. They, these are the same car salespeople and finance managers and managers that are that were in a car in a brick and mortar but car dealership. I think what they did with that commercial was absolutely genius. And and I, I honestly, I think as an industry, we needed a little punch in the face. Well, we got one. You know, um, <laughs> because a lot of people go, "Well, that's not the way it is. That's not the way it is. That's not the way it is." Okay, well, you haven't shown anything differently. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so then, because that's my marketing brain kicking in, because I'm like, you know what? Don't complain a bitch about it. Right. All right? If do something you have, about it. Do something about <laughs> it, right? Yeah, I agree. Like, like, don't don't just, like, that is, for a good chunk of people out there, that is the perception of what the car buying process is. Like, it's perception. It's not truth. Right. right? That's just, that is a good percentage of people's perception of what it's like to buy a car. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, and, and Vroom, they poked a little fun at it. And if you don't like it, then go do something about changing right. the perception of it. You know, when you're spending, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 dollars a month marketing nothing but a payment and a finance interest rate, okay, and you're not talking about the experience, and I don't really want to hear you bitch about it. Well, and there's still dealers, and there are still dealers that um, I, I've kind of chuckled as I walked out of them that mm -hmm. literally I've been told by some dealers that the internet's going to go away. It's just oh, a fad. Geez. Right, the the Carvanas in the rooms, they're not making any money. Give me their names and numbers. But yeah, no. they're they're not making any money. They're losing money. They're going to go under, you know. And yeah. um, and whether that may may or may not be true, the more and I and I always hate to say this, but the more progressive thinking dealers are doing the right things. You you yeah. a few weeks back you interviewed Mike Cavanaugh. Yeah, and and Great honestly, guy. Lithia Driveway. I was excited when I saw that because, in fact, the first thing I said to Mike Cavanaugh when he told me what they what he was about to do, I said, "Wow, a big group that is actually think. I mean, they're they're basically building a Carvana like yeah. thing. And the cool thing is, Ship Your Car Now is helping them move their vehicles. So I love that too. So good plug, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> well, I, Mike's no, a good guy. Mike's, Mike's a good guy. Mike's, Mike's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I would love to see, you know, I love to see the embracement of what Vroom and Carvana does in the sense that they don't have a buying process. See, as an industry, we have a buying process. We have 12 steps that need to be accomplished, all right, for you to buy a car from us, right? right? Yep. So it's like, here's how you can buy a car from me. Follow step one through 12. Yeah. And I, I don't think what dealers realize what Carvana's and the rooms of the world bring to it is that it's a purchase process. Correct. Not a buying process. Correct. But I'd love to get your thoughts. Well, I think that they obviously did a lot of research and really listened to what buyers out there want to to see. And I think that that's kind of what they're doing. Now, they are going through growing pains. And if you read some of the press, I mean, they're having some issues with titling. They're having some issues, you know, selling cars before they actually got the title. And these are all growing pains that car, the brick and mortar dealers, we had those too. I mean, we, it, it, those things happen at times. Now it's, when you're dealing without a state, you gotta be prepared for that because every state has different laws and, and different things. Yep. So, you know, I think it's a lot of the growing pains. Um, and again, not every customer wants to do it the Carvana way either, or the no. room way. So it's, you know. But I think what they bring is they bring a purchasing uh, solution. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and, and the people and like it. The we people can do, that do it. Love it. Well, we can do. We can absolutely. do this. Don't you think? Yes. Absolutely. And again, the progressive thinking dealers are doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and it's, you know, we live in a world that convenience is important. Speed is in, is is important. Spending four or five hours in a car dealership. I mean, you, you've heard the customers say it's like getting a root canal. Yeah. Buying a car. You know, and and I and I as when I as I grew up in the car industry, I wanted to be different. I wanted to not be that, you know, that scum at the bottom of the, of the ocean that, you know, you, you hear all those things. Right. Um, and I, and I felt like I was a pretty different type of salesperson and, and my customers, I think with all the repeats and referrals, I think they, I, I did a decent job for them. Yep. Right. Um, and every dealership, they, no dealership sets out to be a bad, a bad place for people to buy a car. That's not their no, goal. I don't think they do. So, I think it's important to be progressive thinking. I think it's important that they, um, you know, that they do embrace the new technologies. And there's a lot of, I mean, what I offer, my transportation solution is, I, I always hate to use the word free. It's at no cost to a dealer because I'm trying to help them and, and I can help them in so many different ways. Yep. So, and that's what I've accomplished now for almost two years. I love it. See, I love the fact you've been in the industry and, you, and you've been on both sides of kind of the table when it comes to vendor and dealer and stuff like that. You know, and, and I always like asking this question to people who have been in the industry for a long time. What kind of, what kind of advice would you give to, you know, uh, new people that are considering getting into the industry? Well, again, it's a different world. So, you know, pay plans are always that concern of, you know, the straight commission's always been a scary thing. So a lot of dealerships are, are modifying that. But what I've always said to every salesperson that I've ever interviewed, you need to be yourself. Yeah. Um, and you need to go to work to work. And I'm not trying to steal a Joe Verde line, but, <laughs> but the reality is there are salespeople that will sit at a dealership and sell four cars in a month, which is mind boggling because that's a car a week. Um, you know, what are you doing with the rest of your time? Yeah. I, I wanted my sales team. I, I was, I was progressive and old school at the same time. I thought, you know, when you get a, when you get a lead, as they like to say, I, I like to say a buyer, you need to 
I, I always wanted them to send a handwritten postcard or letter, snail mail, the old yeah. fashioned way. I wanted them to do a personal video introducing themselves so that customer on the other side sees, hey, that's that's my guy. You know, it's, it's and that's his name. And he actually said my name when he sent me a personal video. Yep. It doesn't have to be a big walk around of the car, just an introduction, right? With maybe the cars behind you. And then send them a, a personal text message, send them a personal email. Not, And I used to hate templates because I still caught salespeople that sent an email to a customer that said, dear, insert name here. Oh no. So I was never a fan of, I, like I literally, my when I wrote a letter or a postcard, you could smear the ink. When I sent up an email, it was yeah. a fresh written email to that person. And then now, I mean, I, I, I'd look them up on social media. I'd like, I'd, I'd know a little more Why about not, them. Right? right? Okay, so that, okay, so that'd be my next question. So, you know, what advice uh, would you give to someone who's looking to get into business and get into the business? What should they look for in a dealership? Well, I think, I think, I mean, and I don't like to use the word motorhead, but you don't have to know everything about a car, right? Sure. It's more important to know more about people. So I would say, one, you should you should find a car a car dealership with vehicles that you do like or believe in, right? Yeah. Um, and, and now, of course, as a pre-owned, I mean, I could I could sell anything. I mean, I could sell any car because I actually love cars, like mm -hmm. every car. I like there's I could find good in every car. But I would you got to find a vehicle. You got to believe in your product. And if you do, the passion and the compassion will come out. Yeah. If you believe in that product, and then I would look at the reviews of the dealer. I would look at. Um, you know, how many salespeople, you know, are you limited? Are you able to sell new and pre-owned? Mm -hmm. Are you, um, are, how's their training? How's their ongoing yes, training? Yes, yes, Do they make sure they have an actual training program and get the full details of yes, it? Yes, because a, there are- Not a, here's the brochure, there's the keys, go have fun. There, and there are still dealers that do not, I, I don't wanna say they don't believe in training, but they don't, they don't believe invest in, in spending the money yes. for the training. Um, and I mean, and, and again, I cared about my team. I wanted to see all of them succeed. There was, we were closed on Sundays and there were Sundays that I was in there with my newbies and I yeah. was training them on Sundays, you know, from the needs assessment, which I feel like out of everything that I would ever teach, the needs assessment and built and rapport building is the most important thing. Because, and then as long as the customers know that you are a newbie yeah. and you fall down, they're gonna pick you up, the customer. <laughs> never lie to them, never pressure them. And, and, and answer and then always get your manager to come in and do a TO. I mean, I think, and if your managers don't, and that's the other thing, if the managers don't TO, if I, w if I walked into a store and the managers won't, won't come off the desk and go talk to the customers, don't work that as location. a GM, that manager's not gonna have a very long life expectancy at that dealership. 100%, man, um, totally. Everyone needs to get off the desk. And, and sometimes, I mean, I used to go in and TO for my finance managers that didn't get the warranty. Yeah. I'd go in and I'd sign off as the GM and say, look, I, one, and I took one more shot because I believe everyone needs a warranty. Yeah. I believe everyone needs gap insurance unless you're putting a bunch of money down. Like, I mean, but I was pretty passionate about what I do and I still am. I, I love what I do. So you can't I tell. know you truly do. No, you really <laughs> do, Don. Hey, Don, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation, uh, but for everybody out there that's watching and listening and would like to connect with you, maybe even continue some of the talking points in our conversation today, what's the best way to connect with you? Well, I would say just call my personal cell phone. It's 330-581-5247. And I always say text because text first, that way I can, if I'm on, on another call, I can, I'll call you right back, but I'm, I'm here for him. So it's awesome, man. Hey, Don, thank you so much. Thank man. you. This has this been has fun. This has been a lot of fun. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Enjoy the rest of your time in Vegas. Thanks, man.